All right, welcome to another episode of We Live on a Planet. I have a great guest today, Catherine O'Keefe Canavos, TV, radio host, producer, and Nautilus award-winning author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Diseases. How you doing, Kathleen? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to have you here. I probably left left a couple things off that list. You're also a co-host of Dreams Unzipped, which is on 1150 AM KKNW Alternative Talk Radio, correct? Uh, I was. I've moved from there, Dr. Gordon, to... uh, Oh, I'm not a doctor. Oh, you're not? No, no, no. I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought you were. Okay, well, Tasha's Tasha's making you... uh, I'm yeah, you put you put me up there up on some no, I'm just an average guy from upstate New York that really loves to talk to interesting people and you're oh. one of them. Oh good, so I can relax now. You're not a doctor. I'm not. I'm yeah, not, relax. Have a good time. No, relax. Have a good time. Just enjoy yourself and uh well, that's what I want to do. We'll play a little mental gymnastics. That's what I mostly do here with my guests when we come on. We'll just have fun. We we just have a uh but, you know, everybody has an interesting story. And my friend, Mylar, who is over in Nova Scotia, Canada, he is the one who really it was the one letting me know about you. And uh, I know you were on his show before. I was. It's amazing how we're all, like, finding each other and meeting each other. I think I found him on Twitter. Okay. Um, he had liked me, and I went... I, I went and checked him out, and I thought, gosh, you know, we share a lot in common, so I liked him, and then I ended up on his show, and then he suggested, I think he suggested you to me, and I went and found you somehow and, and uh, pitched you to be on your show, and uh, here I am. I so know. It is amazing. We do live on a planet, and it's getting smaller by the day. It is, and that's what I love about my show and having you on because – this world, yes, we have how many people are living on this planet, but yet you and I are connected for some reason. The universe brought us together because I myself have been into dreams ever since I was a young guy, and I have been able to start lucid dreaming throughout my years, and I've only been able to do it maybe three times, four times that I've really controlled my lucid dreaming, and when I found out that you were a dream specialist, I was like, oh, this is groovy. I can't wait to have <laughs> Kathleen. Is it Kathleen? Do you like Kathleen or Kat? Well, my name is Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. That's a big mouthful. <laughs> when I was growing up, anytime I would hear my mom or my dad yelling, Kathleen, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. So my friends all call me Kat, so I hope you will. Too. Yeah, great, great, Kat. Thank you. Like I said, when I'm like I said, I'm going to jump around a little bit and stuff like that, and I what I'd like to do is ask you first about your book too when did you first realize you wanted to be a writer i mean because writing's a big deal i think it is it is a big deal and um i never i never really decided that i wanted to be a writer in fact if you had met me in high school or even in college and said you know what someday you're going to write a book that's going to win multiple awards including the nautilus award and you're going to be on talk radio shows and you're going to be on the Dr. Oz show. I know. The show. I would have gone, what are you smoking? Yeah. Because, <laughs> and can I please have some? You're because right. That's wild. Um, but then, um, you know, the, the, I always say our life purposes choose us. They're like puppies and, and, and kittens. They choose us and they follow us home and they've always been waiting for us. And that's what happened to me. I um, started having dreams 
that I had breast cancer mm. when all of my tests were showing that I was negative for breast cancer. And I was going to some of the top doctors in Boston. And finally, I had a dream with uh, Franciscan monks. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, of all people. monks, yeah, came into my dream and said, you know, come with us. You have breast cancer. And they led me into what I call the room between realms. And they took my hand. This was not a symbolic dream. This did not have uh, symbolism in it or pictures. They were speaking to me. They took me into this room between realms, took my hand, so it was very tactile, placed it on my breast and said, do you feel that right there? And I said, yes. They said, that's breast cancer. You go back to your doctor tomorrow without an appointment. And when I started to cry after this went on for three months and these monks kept showing up in my dreams, I said, look, I know you're telling me that I have breast cancer, but my doctors aren't listening to me. They're giving me the same mammograms, blood tests, physicals. So if I have breast cancer and you want me to live, help me. And mm. one of the monks reached into his sleeve, pulled out a little tiny yellow, a uh, little tiny white feather, handed it to me and said, go back to your doctor tomorrow. Use this as a sword to cut through all his arguments and you'll get the test you need, which is exploratory surgery. And long story short, it turned out I was in stage two wow. aggressive breast cancer with it in a lymph node. Mm. And that happened three times because then I was diagnosed with recurrence almost five years later that, again, the medical community missed. Wow. Wow. And and you're you're in remission and everything? and I cancer. Am. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Good. Wow. It's been almost 20 years. Wow. And that's fantastic. That's great news. I, I, it's amazing that a dream was able to bring you that, you know, and I think a lot of times we have to be advocates ourselves. but it came to you as mm -hmm. in a dream, which is really amazing to me. I have a reoccurring dream and I don't know if it's mm -hmm. something I, I'd love yeah. to. Yeah. I have this one that I've had. Well, my first one of my reoccurring that I really enjoy that I have is the dream of flight. And I've been mm -hmm. dreaming. I can fly almost as long as I can remember. And I think maybe is because I saw, and I don't know, maybe I've analyzed it too much. I saw Superman first run in the theaters back when I was a little boy in 1978. And so I was a wide-eyed eight-year-old boy saying, I believe a man could fly. And I thought right from then, my dreams, I think, started. And so I don't know if it's just because of a happy memory, but what I can do is I can, I can fly and I'm lucid and like I know I'm flying. Is that mm -hmm. bizarre that I can fly? No. No, I think it's great. With a lot of lucid dreaming, I, I tell people it's like riding a bike. Um, most people can ride a bike. They just haven't learned how yet. And so as you first start riding a bike and you realize the training wheels are off, which is just regular dreaming, then all of a sudden you find that you've got your balance and, and you're, you're riding the bike and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm riding the bike. I'm riding the bike. Yeah. And you're so excited it wakes you up. Right, right, right. <laughs> my lucid dream that is, well over time you know you when you don't fall off the bike um when you start riding that bike and you and you uh, realize you're riding you're not going to fall you've got your balance then it doesn't wake you up anymore and you right. enjoy the bike ride well when we start to fly it's like we realize we can ride the bike we're riding our bike and now you let go of the handlebars yeah groovy i like that analogy my other my another one that is not a good one and it's not i don't consider it a nightmare but i consider it like an anxiety dream 
is that I am always in a either terminal, airport, or someplace that is unspecified, but it is a destination and um, leaving point as well. And so I have a destination, a place where I have to be. And for some reason, my my tickets, my luggage, something is, is left behind and I can't get to it. And so I'm always... And, and what happened to me, I had it right be- last night, Kat, and I dreamt, mm. I dreamt again that I was stuck, and then I said, in my dream, I'm dreaming, I need to wake up. And then everybody, there was a bunch of audience around me, and they all started chanting, you need to wake up, you need to wake up. And I, and I, and I couldn't wake up, and then I got into an elevator, and the elevator was all glass, uh, mirrors, gold with ornate buttons, and I needed to find number nine, the ninth floor, and I couldn't find number nine. And I kept saying in my dream, "Where's nine? Where's nine? Where's the ninth floor?" And the walls started closing in, cat. And mm. since there was mirrors, and I could see my face really close in the mirror, so close that it, the mirror started fogging up. And then I woke mm. up, and then I woke up. But what happens is I dream a lot of being in a destination, but not having the ability to get to where I need to go. Oh, God, those are great dreams. I I would venture to say that those are directional dreams. They're giving you directions, but you're just not getting it, and that's why they're recurrent. So let's back up. And uh, you're the first one is you're in an airport, and you're right. That's a destination place. Yeah. And, and you find that your ticket, you don't know where your ticket is, your bags are missing, everything that you need. Is, is missing and you feel, and the word you use was stuck. Yeah. That's important. You're stuck there, and all of a sudden, all of your inner selves, your inner parents, your inner grandparents, your inner children, your inner best friends start chanting, you need to wake up, but I'm not sure that they want you to wake up from the dream. Oh. I'm not sure they want you to wake up from that because... You slide into another one, which is almost exactly the same dream, except this time you're in an elevator. Mm -hmm. And you're in a gold elevator. Gold is a powerful color Mm -hmm. for rejuvenation and growth. So you're in this elevator that can take you to a higher level or it can take you to a lower level. But you're looking for the number nine. Number nine is the end of one destination or one life. And the beginning of another, not necessarily death either. Right. It could be the end of a relationship, the end of a business relationship, the end of um, a living destination. In other words, maybe it's time for you to move. It means that something that you're in right now needs to end in uh. order for you to move forward. And that is almost what I'm seeing uh, repeated in your dreams because the walls are closing in on you, mm. which is not surprising right now. We're all stuck in the house. The walls are closing. Yeah, absolutely. But you look in the mirror and you suddenly realize you're actually in a fog. Oh, wow. So it sounds to me like you, if this were my dream, I would say, okay, what is it I need to do? to get out of this fog, to um, get out of having the walls closing in on me, and to make a change, just go, leave all my stuff. Right. Because the, the, the first one that you had with the airport is very similar to a dream many of us have where we dream that we're in the hallways 
at school. Right. And we know we have a big test. Right. But we can't remember what classroom we're supposed to go to. We can't find our locker. Yeah. Our books are missing, and we know we're going to fail the test, and we wake up really depressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine is very similar, and, and, and I do. I'll dream I'm in college. I'll dream that I'm in uh, my dorm in college, or I'll dream that um, I also dream I'm leaving stuff behind. I'll leave, like, um, things that seem very valued to me, valuable, that I don't want to leave, and everybody's very being very laissez-faire, like, don't worry about leaving it behind. And I'm like, but wait a minute, I can't leave this behind. It's very important to me, and it's stuff that I can't bring with me in this trip that I can never really find myself going on either though so Mm -hmm. it's man that's deep i never even thought about and you know it's the me being stuck in the uh the mirror and this that was the first time that had happened to me this morning but the where i'm in the reoccurring of being that destination that's always there yeah so Mm -hmm. i gotta elevator is just a different destination yeah up and down but so is an airport yeah you don't really go well, you're up in the air in the plane when you come down, but a plane is much like an elevator. So what your inner selves, and, and they're very much in alignment, they're all together in this because they're all chanting together, you need to wake up, right. you need to wake up. But I think it's a literal wake up, not necessarily a figurative wake up unless they want you to wake up at that moment to write down everything in your dream so you can figure out what the message is. Right. It's really important. It sounds to me, if this were my dream, I would be asking myself, what do I need to change? This is almost like a coming of a new age dream. Right. What do I need to leave behind? What's holding me back? What's taking my attention? What's causing me angst in Mm. these dreams? I just need to go. Yeah. And so your inner selves are going, wake up. Just leave that stuff. Wake Mm -hmm. up. Just go. I love dream interpretation and dream dictionaries. My uh, wife over 14 years ago got me a little dream dictionary book that I still, or a dream interpreting book that I have near my nightstand because uh, I guess that like, well, you know, you're, you're more of a, mm-hmm. about it but than I am that that's the best time. Like as soon as you wake up, try not to move as much, try to write down things without getting up and being too active, do it with the, the least amount of trying to fire up too much of all these neurons that want to start waking you up, you know? Oh man. So what, um, back to your book that I'm kind of curious too, what was one of the most surprising things that you learned in creating books and your book? What I learned about this book, especially this book is, is like a cutting edge book. That's why we ended up going on, uh, the doctors and, and my, my dreams were interviewed, uh, with, with Dr. Oz, by the way, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. He's so kind. I saw that you were on there. That's so groovy that you had that opportunity. Yeah, I loved it. He really made me feel comfortable. And so this book is a cutting-edge book because the, all of the people in the book had dreams telling them about their illness. Then they went to their doctors and, and requested secondary tests or even just the first tests. And the pathology reports confirmed that the dreams were true and it started out when dr larry burke who was chief of radiology at duke university medical at the time had women coming in for breast cancer um for their radi their radiation and i'm a three-time breast cancer survivor so he asked them as part of the paperwork he had to fill out how was your breast cancer found and they were saying we 
you know, I found my, my cancer in a dream. And he'd go, in a dream? <laughs> and they'd say, yeah, you know, I had a dream. And somebody came into the dream and told me I had breast cancer. And uh, I kept having these recurrent dreams telling me I had breast cancer. And they wouldn't leave me alone. So I went to my doctor and requested a second set of tests and had to be really forceful about that. But I got the tests and the pathology reports confirmed the dreams. Well, this blew him away. Yeah. So he decided to write up a proposal and he got Duke University Medical to actually give him the grant to be able to do the study. And he had 19 women. He really needed 20 to do an official study. So he went online to see if he could find information from anyone else who might have had dreams that diagnosed. And it had to be breast cancer because that was the parameters for his research. So he did. He went on and he saw that I had written the book Surviving Cancerland, which was all about like I was Alice in Wonderland and I fell down the hole oh, of cancer. Yeah, I like and the twist. And all the weird stuff they'd give you. You know, they'd give you medication and say, here, drink this or yeah. here, take this. And they had no idea what was going to happen to you. Huh, not yeah. a clue. And um, you meet all your inner selves, you know, your your own inner hookah smoking um you know caterpillar yeah <laughs> who keeps looking at you saying who are you and you're going i don't really know <laughs> so i wrote the book surviving cancer land and dr larry burke found it online because um it was also an audible and he and he listened to the stories and he said oh my gosh i gotta get this girl and have her be my 20th <laughs> yeah research person and um so i he contacted me and i agreed he finished his research and he wrote up all of the articles and had them published in medical journals. And then I said, Larry, what are you going to do with all the information you've got now? And he said, I don't know. What do you suggest? And I said, I suggest we write a book and get it out there to the populace, not just the medical people, but women yeah. um, and, and their loved ones. Uh, because there are sections in the book where people dreamed cancers and other diseases for their loved ones and the loved ones said you can't dream a dream for me you can only dream a dream for you but the truth of the matter is dreaming for others has been happening for six thousand years back during the time of ancient egypt mm. when, uh imhotep who was uh the the um high priest of the gun uh, sun god ra started dreaming temples back then and then it followed through to ancient Rome with the Asclepian dream temples. When people were sick or needed answers in their waking world, they would come in and dream beside a priest. And they would share that dream. And I always called that quantum entanglement, mm. where their dreams would tangle together. And they could read each other's dreams to each other and come up with the answer or the guidance that the patient needed. So uh, we have a section of that in our book. And what makes it different from other dreams that, that I was able to research is all of these dreams, even those dreams, are validated by pathology reports. That's fascinating. It's fair to say you've saved I, lives, Kat. That's, it's amazing. So. Yeah, that's amazing. That is an amazing story. Speaking of amazing stories... You have something that was just really interesting for you right now. You had a great opportunity to, was it a, po a podcast or a speaking with Deepak? 
It was an online event uh, uh, with Deepak Chopra, and it's still going. Wow. I only did it like three days ago. <laughs> wow, you're still on cloud nine, I bet. Oh, I could not believe the speakers I was on that event with. I, I was literally walking on cloud nine. I was like, oh, I am just so honored <laughs> to even be on the same planet with these people, let alone in the same event. Yeah. Marianne Williamson was in there. Deepak Chopra was in there. Um, Michael Beckwith, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who wrote the foreword to Dreams That Can Save Your Life, was in there. All the biggest people in the metaphysical world were basically in this event, and it was called I Am Never Alone uh-huh. event, and it dealt with the movie that he's putting out uh, on um, uh, suicide prevention and awareness. Mm. And so he asked, the, you know, they asked me to come on and talk about my monk guides because my my monk guides actually kept me from committing suicide after the recurrence because I was sure I was going to die. Right. I, I, you know, I was sure that there was no way I was going to be able to survive stage four recurrence, Patrick. Oh. And I did not want... And again, the medical community missed um, missed the, the recurrence because, again, they were using mammograms to watch for it when mammograms didn't work the first time. And so I had been um, crying all day when, when the, the dreams were validated again by pathology reports. I was crying constantly. And I went in the bedroom and laid down on the bed and I cried myself to sleep because I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm so young. I'm only in my 40s. I don't really want to die yet. I don't want to really leave the earth. But I, also, I know that if I'm dying, I'd rather go out on my own terms, um, here at home, comfortable in my own bed, rather than what my mother went through because I, I watched her die slowly. It's yeah, brutal. Cancer. And I said, I'm not, I'm not doing that. If right. I'm going to die, I got it. I'm going to die. But I'm doing it my way. And when I was asleep, I dreamed that I woke up. Oh. And that when I woke up on the bed, I dreamed that I woke up on the bed and I looked up and there were those three monks again sitting wow. beside my bed. Yeah. And I looked up at them and I said, I know why you're here. I got it. I'm dying. I'm okay with that. But you may want to warn God before I get up there, because I'm really pissed off. Uh. I don't deserve this. And the monks looked at me and they said, don't you remember? And I said, remember what? They said, before you were born, when you were, when we were all together, you said you wanted to come down onto the earth plane during a time when our higher power, our spirituality, our intuition, our dreams, God, all of that's being taken out of the waking world. It's, and it's being locked away in a closet. And you said, and, and, and science was being worshipped. And you said you wanted to come down and show that science is a gift, not something you worship. And that you were going to show that science only goes so far. And then comes our higher power. Then comes God. And we told you we'd be with you every step of the way. We have been. We still are. You're not going to die now. And you know what? I didn't. Right. That was almost 20 years ago. I didn't die. I got through it. And I remember thinking, well, if I'm not going to die, if they told me I'm not going to die and haven't been wrong yet, uh, I guess I won't kill myself. And then something really interesting dawned on me, Patrick. 
what dawned on me was the what ifs. Mm. What if we come onto the earth plane with a life purpose? Now, I suddenly realized my life purpose was to show people, show the medical community that science is a gift. It only goes so far. And then comes our intuition, our spirituality, our God, our higher power. And when we trust in that and mix that with the science, we come out with a healing that's greater than the sum of its individual parts. If I had killed myself, I would not have been able to fulfill my destiny. Um, fulfill my life purpose. So when the rest of us, especially right now with this COVID, it's so difficult to be, you know, the the walls are closing. Uh, Yeah, everything. Everything is foggy. What are we doing? And suicide has increased exponentially. People Uh, are saying, I've had enough. But again, what if? You are listening to this program right now, and you're one of those people considering checking out. What if you came down here on the earth plane to go through this right now? Right. This is your cross to bear for mankind. If you check out, will you be cutting your nose off to spite your face? Yeah, yeah. Are you here to do something? Stay here and get it done. Right. Yeah, there's an old Irish proverb that believes that at before birth, you you pick all of your trials and tribulations and adversities and everything that you're going to face, and you pick them all before you're born, and then you're born, and so you're not giving anything that you can't already handle because you've already chosen to take it on, anyways. Beautifully said. That is that is right on yeah is right on and so when things seem like they're too when you are in your darkest hour that's when you can have your defining moment right and if you reconnect with your spirit guides and guardian angels through your dreams you're never going to be on the wrong path yeah keep you on the right path and we're all born with spirit guides and guardian angels we're their job and they take that job very seriously. Yeah. And we yeah. can connect through them, connect to them through those sacred dream doors to divine messages. I was this this podcast that we're on right now that I had the pleasure of having you on was born out of misery and all that because I I've suffered from bipolar over 35 years and I just recently beat a um alcohol and I'm coming up a 5 years sober of sub- sobriety and so I said, what can I do? And I decided to make a personal journal with a variety show flair podcast. And so I share hopes and dreams and aspirations of people to let them know that things can get better because I was one of those guys that thought that I was going to be that Irish drunk forever or that I couldn't know happiness because all I knew was depression and I muster it every day and keep moving forward and and so, yeah, it's amazing, I think, what we can do if we, you know, just kind Absolutely. of, you know, really. Re- I, I agree. And you know what's really amazing while I'm sitting here listening to you? Um, you know, I got a flash, Patrick. Uh, one, of the, the, uh, one of the people that was on the event with me, the Deepak Chopra event, was Reverend Temple Hayes. And she connected I, I connected her with another person that I brought onto that 
event, Court Davies. Hmm. And Court Davies is is one of many people, 130 people, I think, in his book, who are stage four cancer survivors. They did a book together. And Court and uh, Temple are now doing putting together a another book called One Habit, the one habit that keeps you alive. And they're looking for people who have overcome um, alcohol addiction to be in the book. So yeah. I'm going to recommend you. Please to do. Them. I would love to. I have a story to share, definitely, because okay. I, okay. yeah, I think everybody does. And that's why I, I really was looking to have you forward to having you on my show. And I know we could go hours and hours and hours and hours more and I usually keep my podcast right to about a half hour so we're right about at that mark and is there anything though that's burning that you just want to share with us and share with the universe because I I really I don't want to cut you off and I want to keep going I really do want to keep going because this is a blast um but uh (laughs) it's been so fun but is there something burning that maybe you're working on are you writing a new book or is there something or new tv show that you're going to be on or anything other groovy that you've done so far well, I have my radio show that I do the first and third Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. Pacific time called Dreaming Healing. And I just had um, uh, James Redfield on who did the Celestine Prophecies. So uh, the show is live. So if you'd like to watch it, it's a video podcast. Oh, nice. You can go to my website, which you can find if you search the queen of dreams.com. The queenofdreams.com and up in the right hand corner there's a button you can click and it'll take you right to my website page on dream vision 7 radio network and there's also a button for all of your listeners today who are listening to this podcast it's a free gift for them and it is my 101 dream course and it's a video course and it's theirs for free all they have to do is download it oh nice what a nice gift this was a gift too to have you on I mean that sincerely. I really was. And I, you know, we, I could talk to you for hours. I can tell you're a very interesting Mm -hmm. person. And uh, thank you for what you did with writing that book. Because I, like I said, I know that you, you've saved some lives and what you're doing right now with your um, talking about suicide and, or well, how you were involved in that. I think that it's important because education is key on everything. So don't go away though, because when we, I want to say a little parting, some parting words with you when we're done with this podcast. Okay. okay. I will. And, All right. and when your, your, your audience is on my website, they can see the books there. Oh, groovy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell that website one more time, would you? Um, you can go to the queen of dreams.com. Groovy. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. All right. Take care.